My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mapalomaku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on and which you can read more about in the City Press. So welcome to this week's My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with Mapalo and I. Um, for those of you who may be keeping track, you would have noticed that we missed last week's one. So we run this every second week. Last week was supposed to be a recording, but there was this thing called the medium term budget. And I am, as a financial journalist, had to cover that. So I just sent a message to Mapolo saying, no, <laughs> up to here, I'm afraid we can't do this. So we're doing it this week. It'll go, it's still every two weeks. So in two weeks time, we'll have our, our next one. So um, sorry if you're out of, out of sync now, Mapolo. And Mapolo, thank you for, <laughs> for, for switching days around for me. Um, so, so this is not because of the medium term budget, by the way, this is the topic for today is offshore investing. And that's not, not a direct response to those horrendous figures in the medium term budget. It's because we've been getting a lot of requests about it. Uh, and we just, Maplo and I wanted to really unpack for you today, how to invest offshore, what to invest offshore, you know, what are your options and opportunities and why should you? Um, Maplo, you're also picking up a lot more interest in investing offshore than, than, than before. Look, Maya, this year has been a complete, complete roller coaster. Even just from the beginning of the pandemic, people were freaking out. Oh, you need to move your money away from South Africa. You need to move your money offshore. This is a sinking ship. Just move everything offshore. So definitely, um, but definitely, I think there's more interest right now for people to say, actually, um, where can I, where else can I put my money outside of South yeah. Africa? And, you know, we, we've been getting a lot of, you know, I mean, I mean, for years, I've been saying, you know, use, use the opportunities, the stronger rand to invest offshore, not because you're negative on South Africa necessarily. It's because we make up 1% of the world's economy, 1%. You wouldn't go and put all your money in 1% of your exposure. It doesn't talk about diversification, but of course, people always want to do it when the RAND collapses, when everything falls, when markets crash, rather than using strength. Um, so I've got a little tip for our listeners. If you are wanting to put money offshore, I was on a webinar today with Old Mutual Investment Group, and they were saying that they're expecting a, uh, quite a lot of RAND strength coming up quite soon uh, to do with the U.S. elections, to do with, with, with the dollar, um, but also just general South African sentiment. Um, also, you know, cash is, is trash, as I said, so people around the world are looking for um, higher interest rates, so that makes South Africa a little bit more attractive. So if you are looking at investing offshore, wait for some RAND strength. Uh, don't wait for the RAND to collapse. Wait for the RAND strength to, to do it. So maybe that's that's probably a, a good a good starting point. Yeah. But I mean, like the old adage goes, Maya, pe people panic and want to buy when things are extremely expensive. And when things are low, people are like, oh, well, we'll, we'll get to it at some point. So definitely it, is, it will be a good time to to buy offshore assets um, once they ran strengthened. So Maya, in today's article, you talk about one of the ways to invest offshore, and this is through exchange-traded notes. First of all, <laughs> let's start with what is an exchange-traded note? I mean, ET, it's exchange-traded note, ETN, uh, there's ETFs, there is feeder funds, which we will talk about. How does it all work? So these, this is actually was came up by FMB. So FMB started something called an ETN, an exchange traded note, and that allows you. Exp 
exposure, and this is very important, it gives you offshore exposure. It is not the same as investing offshore. And it was very funny because when I started tweeting about it, Easy Equities very quickly got on the phone to me. They said, no, 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 you must understand the difference between our product and the ETN. So um, I did unpack that in the article because it is very different. So what an ETN does is it actually effectively tracks the performance of a specific share. So we can use ETNs, for example, for oil. Um, so I think I've, I've mentioned this before where, you know, people buying Sassel, I said, well, you know, Sassel, if you look wanting exposure to oil, you could actually have bought an ETN that tracks the oil price. So what they've done is they've linked this, uh, FNB has, has linked this to a couple of, of global counters such as Apple, Netflix, Tesla is apparently one of the most popular people are buying. But you don't actually you know, you can't say here my here's my Apple share price, a share certificate. What you can do is you can say I'm going to track the return of Apple. So if Apple goes up 10%, I will get 10%. If Apple goes down 10%, my return on that ETN will be negative 10%. So that's what it does. But what it is so great about it for just local South Africans who want to look to 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 you know expose themselves to overseas um, indices or overseas shares, is that it is. It's listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. So you can buy it in rands, sell it in rands, and you can actually do it for a relatively small amount of money. So these ETNs actually listed at 10 rand. Now, in theory, if it be said, oh, you know, you can buy it, in, you know, you can invest offshore for as little as 10 rand. Well, not yes and no. I mean, in theory, yes, but you've got to look at your trading costs. Um, you know, how much? What are the cost implications of investing? I mean, 10 bucks, versus. Um, the fees that are charged on the platform, how does that work yeah. out? So what's very important to understand is that if FNB ETN is listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, so you can buy it through any platform. So whoever your stockbroker is, you don't only have to buy it through FNB Securities, okay? So if your stockbroker is Standard Bank or if your stockbroker is Easy Equities as well, you can actually buy it through them. And so it's very important to look at the base cost, like what is your stockbroker charge for a trade? And of course, that's where in my article, um, FNB didn't like my article because I did obviously point out that Easy Equities is the cheapest platform to buy this on. Um, so you can buy it through Easy Equities, but you know because they don't have this, uh, well, they don't have a minimum trade fee. And I must say that FNB on their share builder uh, platform has waived their minimum trade fee as well. It used to be a hundred rand minimum trade. So think about it: if you bought a thousand rands worth of these, you'd pay a hundred rand, which is ten percent in in fees, just to buy it. So those those trading costs are extremely important when you when you're looking at it, especially if your reason for doing it is because you want to just do a little bit of money. You don't have a lot of money. You just if this is to appeal to the ordinary South African who just wants to start getting offshore exposure, then those trading costs really matter. Um, and the other thing that really really matters if you're doing it through a stockbroker is actually your monthly admin fee. So your your cash uh, your account management fee, and this is where the share trader account really or share builder should I say account really didn't do so well against Easy Equities because they charge forty five rand a month, where Easy Equities doesn't have one of those fees. So so you do need to know what uh, you know you do need to know your platforms uh, before you before you start investing in in the ETN. So yes, there it is. You can access it. You can get your Apple shares. Uh, or exposure to your Apple shares, Tesla, all of those things. But please make sure you understand the costs. So now, Maya, how does this compare to the Easy Equities, Easy FX, where you actually buy the shares? I know I've done it personally, where you have to put money into, um, I think it's a City, City Bank account, 
then they convert it to US dollars, then only then is it in your account on easy equities, then you can start buying the type of shares that you want. How does it compare to the FNB ETNS? Yeah, so, so that, this is very important, is exactly that. This is an externalized, you're actually changing from RAND into dollars or, you, or Australian dollars, those are your two options. So your money is actually offshore, it's properly offshore, which means even from there, you could have your money paid out anywhere else in the world. You don't, it's not in RANDs, okay? So you are actually using your um, investment allowance to take the money offshore. Where it's, I suppose, similar is purely in the fact that you can buy really small amounts of Apple or any of those shares through Easy Equities because, of course, Easy Equities' whole business model is around what we call fractional ownership. So you can buy a fraction, 10% of an Apple share. So, Maya, I mean, right now, what's the price of an Apple share? Just one share? At the moment, it's trading around $110. So in rands, I haven't checked what the rands doing today, but about 1,800 rand for one share. But this is what... For one share. So this is what's making it very difficult for a South African ordinary investor to actually invest in these companies because that's just buying one share in one company. You know, it's like really, really, really doesn't. That's not what we call diversification. So easy equities allows us fractional ownership. And what FNB ETN does is a similar thing as it says, you know, just buy the ETN and you're tracking that share price. The ETN is only 10 Rand. So both of them give you access, relatively low minimum entry requirements to hold these really, really um, big global companies. So that's where they are similar. But where, of course, they're very dissimilar is one is Iran denominated. It is simply tracking the investment. The other is actually externalizing your money. So when you get down to the cost comparisons, you do have to consider there are Forex costs. I don't know what you said. You have used the, the EZFX platform. I think it's about 2%. Forex costs. So, you, you, you know, you take your, your thousand bucks and you turn that into two dollars, apart from the fact that it shrinks, um, it, you lose two percent. Um, and then, of course, if you want to bring it back to South Africa, you will have, again, exchange, uh, foreign exchange costs. So you've got to, you know, you've got to weigh these, these all up. Um, and I, I still think that that in terms of the, the easy equity product, it's still for somebody, and I think even, even easy equity says on their website, you must have at least 20 or 30,000 Rand that you want to invest for this to start making sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe the best way also just to think about it long-term uh, because the way I'm thinking about it is that one day when we do go holiday overseas, hopefully with COVID-19, um, you can just leave it in an offshore bank account that you don't have to convert it back into, into rents and then incur um, those extra costs. The problem with, with trying to access it when you're offshore is you have to be able to access it. So you need to have a card linked to it. So that's, it's not so easy. In fact, you know, we, <laughs> you know, if you look into it, you've got to find ways to, to create, um, there are lots of great um, online wallets that you can use, but you, when you get to the shops, you've got to somehow find out how to get that there. So that it's not, I mean, I'm looking forward to the day that these things become a lot easier for us to transact because I can tell you now, if you've ever wondered, go and have a look at your rewards programs. Okay, let's use e-bucks e here as an example. You will get the most e-bucks if you do foreign exchange, okay? Because they make so much money, the banks make a fortune on a foreign exchange. <laughs> so they're not in a big rush to make this easier for us, that's for sure. Okay, of course, of course. So now, Maya, we've spoken about exchange-traded notes. We've spoken about um, investing directly through perhaps easy equities platform. But there's something else which are feeder funds, okay? So now we're bringing in a third element on how to get exposure 
to offshore funds? How can people who are thinking, okay, maybe easy equities, I still need to save up a little bit, uh, exchange traded notes, I don't have that much money as well, the fees are, don't make sense in the long run. Um, how else can we invest through the feeder fund? And what is a feeder fund? Yeah, so I mean, I think this we'll get on to, so there's the feeder fund and there's the exchange traded funds. Ah, gosh, we're going to give so much jargon by the end of today. So um, I'll pick, should I pick? Yeah, so let me, let me, let me for a minute peg exchange traded funds to talk about a little bit later. But where the feeder funds, because both, what are both exchange traded funds, off, you know, that trade, uh, that off, what exchange traded funds do and feeder funds do, you know, trust feeder funds do, is they allow very low minimum um, reoccurring investments. So you can put your 200 rand or 250 rand debit order a month into those funds, which you can't really do on a stockbroking platform. It's, you know, you're not going to be taking out 250 rand every month on that, that um, EasyFX platform, right? It's going to cost you a fortune. So if you're just wanting, exactly. So if you're just wanting to save, um, just wanting to put your, your monthly debit order. And especially if you're wanting to do it as part of your tax-free savings investment, okay? There are a lot of, um, so there are a lot of unit trust companies that offer access to their offshore fund. So most of them, if you look know, Alan Gray, Investec, Prudential, Old Mutual, all of them have a global, have global funds that they actually, so if I wanted to, I could take my money offshore and I could invest it in their global fund. So, but what they've done is they've created a feeder fund from RANDs. So I could also then invest in RANDs and they use their asset allocation and they then invest it in their global fund. And that's why it's called a feeder fund. It feeds into their global fund. But again, it means that I'm investing in RANDs and I'm going to get RANDs back. And my money's not actually leaving the country. I could, however, if I wanted to take a lump sum turn it into dollars or euro or pounds or whatever, and then put it properly offshore into one of those global funds. But I don't have to do that. I can actually do it for a monthly debit order. And that is, I think, one of, so for, you know, people will say, what, what, how do us ordinary, and when I say ordinary South Africans, I think the person who's got 250, maybe 500 rand a month that they want to invest. That is the best way to do it. And, and I mean, just an, a really interesting example that I came across, because uh, everyone says unit trusts are expensive relative to exchange traded funds. I came across the, the NED group um, diversified, core diversified fund. So their, their core funds are all tracker funds. And I think it's half a percent, half a percent. And you're invested in an offshore, well, well diversified offshore fund um, for half a percent per annum. That's the fee. And I think the minimum is 500 rand a month or something. So, you know, you, and you can put that in a tax-free investment structure. So these things are becoming so accessible and so easy to do. Um, and that's really, you know, why I'm saying it, it. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be a millionaire anymore. Like 10 years ago, you have to have significant lump sums to put offshore to be able to, to access these investments. Yeah. I'll just tell you my bit of horror story with a feeder fund that I chose one year. Um, I went for a property feeder fund. That thing got hammered, hammered. <laughs> Don't ask me why I chose a property feeder fund, but I did. And <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Mapolo, you are not the only one. This year, anyone who was sitting in listed property, okay, anything, is, I mean, it's down 45% for the year. And I think this comes back to, you know, I remember I was doing a, one of the, a talk at, at some event and somebody put their hand up and they said, you know, I invested my tax-free investment um, in one of the property funds that I said, you know, it was one of the, 
either property unit trust or it was it was an ETF that tracked the, the, the listed property index. And the problem with that statement to me is simply that you've taken such in, such um, asset risk. You've you've chosen one asset class because listed property is one asset class. You have equities, you have bonds, you have cash, you have you have listed property, and you've chosen to put everything in quite a specialist asset as well because listed property is quite a specialist um, product as well it's not as it's not as wide so if you look at how many shares there are listed or how many companies there are listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange versus how many listed property funds there are they're really small so you 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 know you have narrowed a lot and I think that that's important that people read something and they hear it's doing well and this is exactly what happened with listed property it was doing really well so everyone climbed in and then COVID came and I, mean, I was, you know, and, and I actually put the, I actually asked on the old mutual investment webinars on earlier what they thought about listed property. Is it going to bounce back? Because I must just tell you the, the fashion retailers are bouncing back. Fashinis is up 46%, 46% this last quarter. Um, the, a lot of the, the shares are bouncing back, but not listed property. And they said, well, we just don't know how bad this is going to get because, you know, we're going to see how many shops are still left, how many offices are going, people are going to go back to offices or are they going to work from home? So I think the listed property space is, is, is quite risky at this stage. So the problem was not the feeder fund, Mapula, the profit was the fund you just invest in. Okay, Maya, I get you. But I think it's very important um, because it's exactly what you're saying, that even investing out of, outside of South Africa is all part of diversification. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Don't go investing in what um, your buddies at the bride said, uh, oh goodness, listed property is doing well. Then you go and put all your, all your money in there. Um, just as investing offshore, you need offshore exposure because we are just 1% after all. And I think also, you know, Mapelo, a lot of people out of fear move their money offshore and keep it in cash. Um, and that's also, you know, if you're sitting offshore in cash, you're getting zero percent return. They literally have zero interest rates there. Um, I think in some countries, you in, in Germany, I think even they charge you to have your money with the bank. Yeah, you think our banks are bad. <laughs> so, so you you know, you're getting that no. Yeah, so you do need to to consider investing it in something, um, and uh, you know you, you do need to look at that as well. But we, you know, we spoke about feeder funds, um, and I said we, you know, we should probably cover exchange traded funds as well for this because I, I find that that's one of the ones that most of the the bloggers out there and all of them are doing. So so investing in the in the exchange traded funds. It's also my money. Some of my money sits in in something like the Satrix MSCI. So I'm going to de-jargonize what I've just said. So your exchange traded funds is, is basically where it tracks an index. Okay, hopefully you've been listening to enough of our podcasts to know that how this works. So they it tracks the, the, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange Index or the listed property index for those poor people. It could, but it can also track global indices like MSCI is the Morgan Stanley Composite Index. It means it tracks 1,800 global companies. It's just this massive global fund uh, or global tracker. Um, you can also track the S&P 500, which is the US top 500. There are so many options. And again, simple. I do it through my personally minus through Satrix. Um, I've got a debit order that goes off every month. I've got my kids' debit orders. And you're in RANDs. You're coming out of RANDs. That's simple. Yeah, I, I also personally love exchange traded funds um, just because of the fact that it's so easy to invest in, in them as well. 
um, that debit order going off, or if you have a bit of a lump sum, you can do that as well. And I think it's also, you know, we, we're talking here about how easy it is to access with just your debit order. But one of the other things I get a lot of is people saying, I actually want to externalize my money. I want to put money offshore for, you know, I may be immigrating. Um, I may be planning on, on educating my children overseas. That's quite a big one. People are more and more seeing that as possibly, you know, maybe they'll do their undergraduate here, but they'll do their postgraduate overseas. Good luck. You really need to have good market growth to afford it. But, you know, those, those are sort of things. And then people say to you, where do I go to invest my money? And I think what, what's very important is that it's mm. almost impossible as a South African to open up an account with a company that's not connected to South Africa because of know your client and all these tax laws and money, anti-money laundering. So the best thing to do is to actually work through a South African uh, entity. So again, as I've mentioned, you've got Alan Gray, for example, who's got Orbis, which is their offshore arm. You've got Invest, well, it's no longer Investic Asset Management, it's now, um, what is it? I wanna say 911, I've gone completely blank. 91, yeah, there's not 911. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. 91. Almost every single, you know, asset manager in South Africa has an offshore um whole and has an offshore offering. And you can also um trade shares. You know, easy we spoke about easy equities, but almost all the stockbroking platforms also give you access to all the global global shares. Um and you can even buy your index trackers, um, your ETFs offshore properly offshore through them so it's it's really you know it's not difficult but i would strongly advise you to work with something that has a uh, is related back to south africa because you're going to find it very challenging um otherwise to to open an account yeah yeah no thank you so much maya so now our vocabulary is great we know about exchange traded funds we know how to invest offshore Ex um exchange traded notes as well so we are growing it's almost towards the end of the year and i think like you said <laughs> definitely try to invest offshore especially the fact that uh probably the rent will strengthen in the next couple of weeks which for me it's a it's a bit strange but we'll listen to the experts <laughs> so you must remember when he, when he says the rent's going to strengthen it's going to be volatile it's going to be days it's up and it's days down but he was even calling around 15 to the dollar so um you know, I think what we're saying is buy into strength. You know, if you're planning on investing offshore, buy into strength. Wait for a little bit of strength in the markets. I mean, okay, as because these, this podcast is pre-recorded, so it's going to come out on Friday. So I don't know what the U.S. elections outcome is going to be, but right now, I'm, uh, I'm appalled. I'm absolutely appalled that it is this tight. Um, I'm appalled, no, and you know, I'm I'm not been going to check. I'll hear what they have to say in the end. I just, I cannot be anxious about Americans and their, anyway, this is not a type of podcast. We shall leave it here. <laughs> we leave it happy, on a happy note that we've just explained to you, it's so easy to access offshore investments. Um, you know, go look at things like Asatrix, go look at things like Easy Equities, look at that, that F&B ETN, um, you know, even with, even if you're, you know, you, you're working with through, you know, trust company, look at their, their offshore offering. It is simple. It's cost, can be very cost effective. Um, there's really no reason not to. So hopefully now we've, uh, we've given you enough ammunition to go out there and do it. So that's a wrap for today. 
Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za, or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages. 